Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to my favourite takeaway podcast, uh, the show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. I am Tom Crane and with me as always is my co-host Simran Shah. Hello. How are you Sim? Yeah, really good, thanks. Very much looking forward to our next guest, Matt Ford. We uh, had a brilliant chat, talked about lots of things and we talked about some things I think he might regret talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's quite open uh, in a way that I expected, expected to get an email after the record saying, please don't include that, but that hasn't come. So um, No email yet, so the show's going out, mate. <laughs> you can't sue us. There's nothing you can do. Uh, it was a great chat, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. We had some amazing Indian food from a place called Tiffin Tin uh, in London. And also, after the record with Matt, we're going to be getting into some of your correspondence. You've continued to send us brilliant stuff. We thank you for that. So, without further ado, the wonderful Matt Ford. I can confidently say this has categorically been the least professional start to a podcast ever. Matt Ford, bless him, one of the nicest men you'll ever meet. He turned up at half seven when I was still putting my children to bed. Half an hour early. Half an hour early. And then had to spend half an hour with my lovely mother-in-law, who he's never met, chatting in the kitchen. Uh, We then all get into the room to record together and we realize there's a technical issue that all the mics can hear each other feedback etc complicated things i'll never understand and we're all now sat in different rooms in my house recording a podcast so matt is in the kitchen simran's in the front room i'm upstairs in my bedroom i'm um, hoping my children don't wake up matt i'm so sorry you've got nothing to apologize for being early was my fault you've given me um a, a sort of medium-sized portion of curry and uh everything's everything's great <laughs> So, Matt, I have a question about lateness, right? If you're punctual all the time, you're, you're in control of your own time and whether you arrive late or early to a destination, but you're not in control if a takeaway arrives on time. So how do you feel if a takeaway arrives late? Well, one of the great innovations, obviously, has been the GPS on things like Deliveroo and Uber Eats. You can actually see them coming. I find that very helpful. I've got a very specific problem. Our postcode sends people to the wrong place. You know, you can put notes on an order. I mean, most people probably yeah. never even bother with this. I always have to put in block capitals, please read this first. Do not go down <laughs> that road. Come down this road. And I'll see their little scooter get to the corner. He's going to go the wrong way. He goes the wrong way. And I'll just be messaging him in block capitals. You have gone the wrong way. And that, that road, is the, that's, the, um, that's the edge of a cliff as well, isn't it? So there's just like constant mopeds <laughs> sipping over. The you look down, there's 300 dead delivery drivers at the bottom of a cavern. <laughs> a crevasse, rather. Oh, man. 
are you the sort of person then are you because this is what definitely who i am i am watching them approach for ages on the map i'm i'm literally from i say five minutes before they get there i'm seeing them weave through all the rows checking they're going in the right direction as soon as the map comes up oh yeah how are you not monitoring it totally agree what sort of psychopath knows that information is out there and chooses not to look at it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It's insane to not want that data. The rare occasions I order from a takeaway that, so I've phoned up somewhere and the it's not on an app and I have no idea where it's going to turn yeah. up. I find genuinely stressful. The infinite impossibility for when it's going to turn up. Hey, well, that's the problem with Just Eat. Mm. Yes, exactly. Just Eat's tricky. And also, you know what really annoys me is Uber Eats and Delivery will lie to you. So there's a period between your order, where you get that little thing saying, we're preparing your order, we're preparing your order, <laughs> and you think, that's nice. The walk, flipping it. They still claim to be doing that long after it would they would have actually cooked. So there needs to be a, a middle screen where they just say, we've cooked it, but they're not here yet. But no one wants to tell you that. When you see the little man on the bike, yeah. um, are you waiting for the doorbell to ring, or are you basically already at the door? This is another issue. I live in a development where they have to come through the gate first. And it looks like a kind of portcullis. They have to come through the gate, <laughs> and then they have to find our number flat. And it's not the easiest one to find. So I'm always like, they're going to ring, and then you just see the moped is stuck at the front gate, and then they'll message yeah. saying, I'm here. And I'll reply, we're in flat number. Give them my flat number. And then inevitably, they just stand there waiting, expecting me to go all the way down. And I've usually tipped them. If I've tipped them, they can at least bring it to my door. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think that's not unfair. <laughs> so is there sort of a standoff? Are you looking out of the window down at them and they're looking up at you and you're trying to, who's going to break first? I can't see them from where I am because we're at the back of the development. So I can't get eyes on where they are. I see. Can't like get a positive ID. So they'll ring and they'll go, the door, the gate doesn't open. It's a classic. The gate doesn't open. I say, yes, it does. You just turn the handle. And then you hear them go, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, think, I get that you're pressured. You know, it's the same with Amazon delivery drivers and all that. I get that they're on an insane... You know, the gig economy is unfair yep. to those people. But equally, I've tipped you in advance. Surely you know that. Go above and beyond, not under and less. Hold a sec. You tip in advance. Yeah. I do that. Do you not? Uh, uh, I, it's not that I... <laughs> <laughs> Simran, are you so cutthroat that you need to, you need someone to genuinely prove themselves before you're willing to give that tip? I, I wouldn't go in a restaurant. And yeah. immediately tip everyone before I've even had any food, sir. Okay, that's true. Okay, I, I see the logic there. So I, d I don't see why I would suddenly do that when it comes to takeaway. I do tip delivery drivers, but just after they've given me the food. I'm imagining now a delivery driver turning up at your door. He's slightly late. You open the door. You've got a fiver in your hands. You go, this is what you could have won. And then you put it back in your pocket. And I shout at him, <laughs> you're late. What time do you call this? <laughs> Simran is also, I don't know if you're this, Matt, but Simran is someone who peeks out of the window. He'll open the curtains to look up the road to see if he's approaching his... Oh, it, it's got even worse than that. Oh, has it? In what way? I open the door and I stand out on the street. I'm there waiting, and as soon as they arrive, I'm almost grabbing it out. That's tragic. Grabbing it out of the warming box that they've got and taking the thing myself. Well, a wife done, which is probably, some would argue, worse than that. Often when I open the door to take the food, I'm already holding my knife, plate, and fork. <laughs> yeah, which is no, no, no one's ever described it as knife, plate, and fork in that order before. But yeah, I am. It's literally, I'm there, I'm ready to go. It's so tragic. Uh, Matt, so, so what have you ordered today? So we, we, we've got a takeaway. So take us through what you've ordered and why. So it's a curry from an outlet called the Tiffin Tin, 
which has um, outlets across London, and it's one of my favourites. Now, the, the problem with it is that they're quite pricey in their small portions, but it's worth it because the, the quality is very high. So I've gone for a Merg, I think it's pronounced Mitchy. What is Merg Mitchy? A spicy chicken dish with um, green chilies, red onion uh, and pepper in a, in a lovely thick tomatoey gravy, and a China chat masala, which is a, a chickpea dish again with nice masala sauce, and then a garlic naan and a, and a fruity poppadom. It sounds basic, but what they do at the Tiffington, they cook with whole spices. And I found this out because I went past one of their outlets on the way to the pharmacy and I, I peeked in and they've got jars <laughs> of like mustard seeds and things. And I popped my head in. I just said, I, I ordered from you regularly. I said, I, I love your food. I think they thought I was abusing them. It got very awkward because I was, you know, I, I wear polo shirts. <laughs> just like, oh, I like your curry, mate. And I think he was like, oh, no, 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 we're closed. Oh. And he was kind of nervous. I said, no, 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 I, I, I love the food. <laughs> oh, no. and, and then I saw the whole, I said, oh, whole spices. And I think he, I don't know if he thought I was like the local <laughs> nutter or something, but it, it, the exchange didn't go down in the way that I'd hoped that it would have done. <laughs> the thing is, in life, I think you should tell people if, if they've done something well. Yeah. I just think in general, uh, I think you should always be polite, but also say, oh, that's really good. My local Pizza Hut does a phenomenal deep pan pepperoni. Now, I know that sounds basic, but when you're ordering pizza from particularly a, ch- a chain with a franchise model that they have, it can vary wildly from one Domino's mm, to the next. That is true. When I lived in Surbiton, my local Papa John's was excellent, but the Domino's was rubbish. And then I've moved to other parts of London where it's been, our local pizza is except. In fact, I've done the same. I've popped my head in and said, I love the way you do the deep <laughs> pan. And I think they think I'm taking the pizza. <laughs> It just it just makes you feel like a very lonely man, Matt, in your area. How often are you ordering an Indian takeaway? Less so these days. I mean, I went through a period where I really went up the spice ladder. So when I was living in Surbiton, me and John Richardson used to live together and we, we would we drank a lot. I would say we're getting drunk like five nights a week. And we're just like having takeaway. <laughs> I, I mean, I got very, very fat. I should say that the consequences of that lifestyle were severe on my belly, I got really just fat or fat eyes. You know, you just like, oh, you see old photos of yourself. Oh my, why did no one tell me I looked like I was going to be like a landlord or, or the son of a butcher? You know, just like bad fat. And um, I haven't got the frame to carry it. So it just looked weird. Anyway, so I, I would have curry regularly then. And then I got addicted. So I started on Bolsey, went to Jal Frazee. Within weeks, I was hitting Madras. Not long after that, I was having Vindaloo's all the time. I was really enjoying it and just loved it. But of late, because I'm trying to be healthier, I would say I probably have a takeaway curry. I would say I would order a curry for takeaway maybe five times a year, maybe six. And then when you're ordering it, how are you eating it? Are you are you are you sitting at the table? Are you decanting it into all the little bowls? And then you're sitting in the living room. Are you as crane eat it cross legged on the floor? Yeah, do that really? in front of the t- in front of the telly, not just like in an, in an empty room. What all food or just Indian food? Most takeaways I will eat. Cross-legged on the floor in front of the telly. Okay, I thought it was because you thought that's how like it was traditionally eaten, and you would eat <laughs> it in the style of whatever with my hands and sat on the floor. He has a sitar in between his legs. And there he is. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever the cuisine, I always eat in the way that I assume. So if it's uh, sushi on a very low table, wearing slippers and a dressing gown, <laughs> pizza's always out in the garden on a on a table underneath <laughs> the, the vines. It's kind of you know. No, but I do. I, I sit cross-legged on the floor in front of the TV. What, what's your What's your thing? Obviously, I can tell from your response that's not what you do. The problem is with sitting cross-legged. I mean, I don't think it's a problem you have. I still have a bit of a tummy. The food is below you. It's below sort of belly height. Also, you're you're not a four-year-old. Ch- you're just not a child at nursery. Let me just interrupt here. 
in all in all eating situations, the food is below you. That's how it works, isn't it? No, no, but there is an optimum height, isn't there? Well, now we're getting into the. Uh, once we're you go up. below, I would say waist height or, okay. or belly button height. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're then having to hunch over like a, like a pig in a trough. Because if you're cross-legged, your food is below your knees. Yeah, yes, okay. you, you're basically I in a stress that. position. You shit yourself. <laughs> That's what they do to prisoners. Why are you forcing yourself to eat like that? So I go coffee table. I find it relaxing. Do you? A coffee table. Okay. So is a plate going on the coffee table? What are you doing? I've got a mat. Yeah. In between the plate. I don't want to ruin the coffee table. Mm. So what happens is the takeaway arrives. I'm there at the door immediately. I take it through to the kitchen where I've already laid out plates and cutlery. Yeah. I then open each kind of container and then make myself a kind of greatest hits of all the things there in the proportions that I require them. So uh, sides, I'll take a smaller amount of mains, I'll go bigger. Yeah. I then cover them back up because I don't want them to get cold. Oh, the problem is I, I'm eating it at the moment. You know, one for me, one for the plate. And then as I'm coming to the kitchen and living room, I'm kind of screwed. So by the time I sat down, I'm like, fuck, I've got to go back to the kitchen now. I eat very quickly, but not deliberately. I'm a fast eater. The problem I have with the curry, and I, I did worry about doing this at your house, Tom, is no matter how much I've had, one spoonful of it can make me need to immediately shit because whatever's in is like, I don't know what it's like. The effect of green chili sometimes is people have often said, well, you just had one mouthful. You can't need to shit that out. It won't be ready yet. It's got to go through the system. It's just like a sort of ripcord. Yeah. So <laughs> I've sort of gone easy on the food today. So you, you talk about wolfing things down, but there are, you, you have left out certain parts of this meal. So you're, you give this idea of shoveling loads in, but there are some crucial components missing in my mind. Most notably, there's no rice, which yeah. actually Josh Whittacombe does agree with you. Josh Whittacombe doesn't order rice. So, so what's your logic? There's no rice. Why is that? Because that's like getting potato wedges with a, with a pepperoni pizza. You're like, all that's going to do is fill you up and take you away from the main event. Yeah. You know, you, you've, you've been had. So uh, also what I would also say is uh, I did order a garlic naan. And what I do, if two of us were eating, I might go, let's order rice and naan and just split them. Yeah. But if it's just me, I, I will only have one. And I, my preference is for garlic naan because one, it somehow feels lighter. Two, there's more flavor. Three, the final moments with the garlic naan allowed you to completely wipe every drop from the plate and from yeah. the punnet. Oh, it comes I love off. that. It's so true. <laughs> and then it's all gone. You've got every cubic drop that you could possibly have got from that curry house. And it's all in your belly. Do you prefer Indian food at home or in a restaurant, in a curry house? What's your what's your go-to? That is such a good question. At home, every time. And why is that? For me, Indian food is a, is a private matter. Uh, is something that, <laughs> well, is something that should only be done at home. Is this related to the fact you shit yourself after three seconds? Or is this... <laughs> they don't feel like completely independent facts. Yeah, I mean, I am barred from them all. So why is it a private matter? I mean, I'm intrigued by that. You know what? I think I was thinking about this recently. Because Italian food is like a night out. You go, I might be in that restaurant for three hours, just keep the red wine coming in. And it's alcohol that's the crucial component in that. Because I'm not drinking, I'm going out for an Indian food. I just know I'm going to eat it so quickly that one, it's yeah. embarrassing. Two, I, oh man, I get so much of it on me. Even if mm. I'm sober, you know, the rice goes everywhere. It's, you've got it all over the pristine white tablecloths. Simran, are you like this? Whenever I go out for a meal with Claire to a, uh, an Indian restaurant, I agree with you, Matt. My side of the tablecloth oh. looks like there's been an explosion and Claire's is immaculate. And she always points it out. She always goes, I'm sorry about that, by the way. And I have to go, yeah, I'm sorry. I have the same thing. My, my girlfriend pointed out the fact that my plate is always just a bit too far away from the edge of the table. So the distance I have to travel 
from getting the food from the plate to my mouth what it much is? further than anyone else's. So you leave a trail of crap between the plate <laughs> and the edge of the table on that white cloth. So there's a huge mess. It's basically like a punch the dip tray. It's like, that's an issue for me, is the, with the poppadom <laughs> dipping. I can never get the mango chutney, the mint sauce, to my plate with any, without losing 80% of it on the way. <laughs> and it's just, the problem is as well, Indian food is just so exciting. It's yeah. just so exciting that like you're just spooning it out. And I, I think a lot of that is just adrenaline. It's completely. <laughs> and the poppadoms is, is the, is the, is the, it's like the bullseye for me of that excitement. That moment at the beginning of the meal when it's, Cracking that with your friends, the excitement. I think that is almost for me the most exciting moment in any meal you could possibly mm. have. I do the poppadoms. I think poppadoms and dips. I'm a big fan of a prawn cracker as well, but there's nothing to stick it in. So I think poppadoms probably do win. I, I find that moment of sharing the poppadoms kind of so exciting. It's communal, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's why I don't like it. I just think you order what you want, you keep your fucking hands out of mine. <laughs> if you wanted that, you should have asked for it. Oh, no, because when it turns up and it gets up people's noses, they're like, oh, that smells nice. If I can't manage it, then you can have a bit of the cold leftovers. Oh, it drives me mad when people try and take your food off you. Oh, really? Oh. I mean, I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll push it down and I'll share and I'll plaster a smile across my face, but they know. And then you'll, yeah, you'll block them on social media afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Growing up, did you have a lot of takeaways? And just talking about sharing stuff, were you good share as a child with your food or were you just very protective? Very protective. Um, and we didn't have a lot of takeaways growing up. I think the first, the, the main one we would have was pizza and it was a deep pan pepperoni pizza. So maybe that's why I order it is there's a kind of nostalgia to it. But we never really had Indian or Chinese or anything like that. I was into my 20s really before I tried any of those things properly. So a takeaway was always a treat and, and it remains in the same way that I still get a buzz when I wake up on a Saturday, even if I've got to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special day, isn't it? You just think, oh my God, it's Saturday. Even if my mum's going to put 60, it'll be something terrible. Like, oh man, it's Saturday. There's just something in the air like there is on Christmas. Are you ripping open the curtains? What are you doing? How are you, how are you and singing a song? Jump, you... Jumping out of bed. When, when, I, when I was a kid, I had a curfew like the other way around. So I wasn't allowed to put the telly on before 6am on a Saturday because I'd wake up with so much excitement like at half four on Saturday morning. Oh, no. It was Saturday. Mum was like, you can't watch cartoons before six at what age was this wow. oh primary school like seven eight i was just like straight downstairs ah, cartoons on <laughs> and then i think that's just like left its mark as has pizza hut deep pan pepperoni i'm like oh that is a treat except you go back to pizza hut deep pan pepperoni but i assume you're still not watching cartoons no god no on a saturday night no sure okay i occasionally watch south park and i've watched a bit of the simpsons but that's okay yeah. isn't it yeah, that's, yeah. Them. that's yeah, exactly. okay yeah. i'm not watching gummy bears <laughs> yeah. the theme tune's great you know what actually i chose that <laughs> watching rugrats <laughs> watching rugrats again american art i was playing the theme tune to gummy bears on the piano earlier today to help me relax oh really i think that's even worse than watching it isn't it you know what if i've got a lot of work on i find that just a little tinkle on the piano will help you know, footballers going to have a cramp in extra time and the, you get like the physios sort of yeah. like massaging their arms. Five, just like five or ten minutes just on the piano noodling around is almost like that for the brain. It almost just like warms it back up again. Oh, that's so nice. Are you sort of just playing whatever it is that, that, that pops into your head or is there specific stuff that calms you down? I'll play like a bit of Oasis because that's what I like and then maybe a bit of Stone Roses and then I've got like one of these chord apps which is for guitar players really. But what I like is I can go on this app get the chords to a song i like and then i have to figure out the tune for myself oh. so then there's a bit of a challenge involved 
Matt, I, I've, I've never seen that side of you. I've never thought of that side of you. And it's endearing beyond belief. I think it's mildly pathetic because my neighbours must be like, he's got a piano and he's not playing Mozart or Beethoven on it. He's playing Oasis <laughs> and the gummy bears. No, I think it's really sweet. It's definitely a sweeter part than the fact you shit yourself after one bite of curry. I think it's really... <laughs> so growing up then, so you had these rare treat takeaways. Do you mm. remember the places you went to, the names of the places you would occasionally go to? It was Pizza Hut. But then I grew up in inner city Nottingham, right? What the fuck that you was babysitting us? And she figured out quite early that if she tickled me, I would piss. When my <laughs> mum would go out, I mean, I, I saw it as funny, but she would occasionally, like, lay newspaper down. Oh, that's dignified. Like like you're a hamster. Knowing that I was, <laughs> she was going to make me piss, yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's surreal because you're laughing, so it sounds like you're enjoying it, but it's very distressing. Anyway. I would say, isn't it your mum's role there to book a different babysitter rather than lay down paper because she's going to make you piss? Oh, yeah. My mum didn't lay the paper down. The babysitter, was. my mum would go. Oh, the babies. Oh, I thought you meant that before your mum went out for a meal, she was putting down a copy of The, the Guardian or whatever, rather than finding a new babysitter. She was so lazy. I mean, I know this is awful, but, you know, she, she's cheap. She probably was cheap. Okay, she's laying down paper, and then she's tickling you to your piss. Exactly, yeah. And then um, I remember her once going, uh, should we get a pizza? I mean, my sister are like seven, eight, maybe nine, yeah. ten. Primary school age, definitely younger than ten, so maybe eight and nine. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she goes, um, have you got any pocket money? We were, like, too nervous to go, oh, we thought you would pay for it. So... <laughs> Like, what little money we had went on this pizza for our babysitter. I was thinking, I, won't, I wouldn't have thought a, a swear word in my mind, but I remember thinking, yeah, this isn't right. No, she tickles me till I piss. <laughs> now she's reading my piggy bank for pizza money. Like, this is like, what the fuck is going on? Did you have any of the pizza? Did you just literally just buy a pizza for, for your babysitter? She'd give us a bit, but you know what? It made me realise that non-branded pizza outlet not as good as your, your, your chains. Now, I, I realise that's changed with the advent of the sort of widespread stone-baked movement, but certainly <laughs> at that time and place, you wouldn't have been able to get a stone-baked pizza in Nottingham, certainly not delivered. And I don't think they travel well anyway, but that's a view that... I, this is just like, uh, it's just a bit crapper than pizza. It doesn't quite taste as good. Also, this was that your piggy bank at seven or eight would have been full of one peas and two peas. Yeah, didn't matter to her. <laughs> <laughs> you touch on something there, Matt, that I couldn't agree more with. Stone-baked delivered pizzas. No interest, to be honest. They're not built to travel. Massively overrated. Too dry. Yeah. It just doesn't work. What you need is... The crust is too dry. Completely yeah. agree. What are you buying? It's just sort of like hard bread. It's Stupid. mainly crust, and then it's a very, very, very thin, very floppy centre. Yeah. Hugely overrated. If there's even one ingredient on it, there's one pepperoni, the whole thing is collapsing under the weight. Yes. The circular bit in the middle that is mainly tomato is quite nice. Mm. But you could have about three or four of those pizzas in, in the middle and then that's you full. The other thing that worries me with pizza takeaways are, is a, if a place doesn't stock dips, oh. that is an issue for me as well. And it's the same type of places. Like oh. They think they're too good for a garlic and herb dip. Or it's a very fancy, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a rosemary, a lemon and rosemary herb dip. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is that? So when you went to uni, so like when you first moved out of home, what, what was your eat, what were your eating habits like then? Oh, terrible. Were they? I would go to this Chinese place every day. Again, the, the weight gain was just immediate. But I was really stupid and thought that chicken chow mein was basically healthy. I was like, oh, it's bean sprouts. It's noodles yeah. are healthy because they're not chips. You know, I just became obsessed. I really got into Chinese food around that time. 
Well, let's talk about Chinese food then. What for you? I want a starter. I want a main and a side. What for you are your, your three go-to Chinese dishes? Spring roll starter with the uh, sweet and sour dip, chicken chow mein. Just to check, you mean? Do you mean the the big spring rolls? There's so much bean sprout in the big one. It's too much. I like the one which is like a police truncheon. That one, the huge one. Do you like the little? You like yeah, the skinny right. ones? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like, if you get a big fat one, but that, they are quite rare. They are rare. Also, you don't get the choice, do you? <laughs> you do. In the place I go to, it has two options. Really? It has uh, packets of six or the, the large spring roll. And I, I always go for the large one. In that situation, I would go large, definitely, given the option. And the main course? So often with China, it is not a democracy. And, <laughs> okay. uh, that, you know, you get what you're given. And um, I would go, yeah, spring rolls of any description, large if given the option. And I get a big tub of the sweet and sour dip. Okay, chicken yeah. chow main main. For the side, I'd get chicken balls. And dip them in the dip that I'd bought. Oh. For I love chicken balls, man. Oh, chicken chow mein is my first love, so I always have to have it because then I really feel like I've had a Chinese. But chicken balls is like—it's such a mad invention. Yeah, <laughs> to, to to make chicken available in that way—it's impossibly unhealthy. Cold in the morning, <laughs> you really see the layers. The thickness oh. of that batter—it's like a tennis ball. And also that sweet and sour sauce. As we've we've talked about this, we had uh, Simon Rimmer on the show. The sweet and sour sauce that goes solid like a trampoline the next day when you get it out of the pot. There's something going on in there. It's just up that sauce is... I don't know what's happening. There's definitely like a Goldilocks zone with sauce that's... Because sometimes if it's too thin, that's worse. Yes. Yeah. It's really wet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this is just vinegar. Don't, come on, man. But there is like a definitely a middle zone where it's not too thick. And obviously when it's too thick, the colour looks mad. It's too bright. It's just too bright. You could happily, you could strap that to the front of your bike and cycle home at night quite easily. It would, <laughs> you would no issue with that. <laughs> you mentioned, um, obviously, Laura, your wonderful girlfriend. When you're ordering together, how does it work out? Are you sharing in a really sort of diplomatic way or is it arguments? Are you, what, what's happening there? That, again, is great. And this is where I really benefit from the fact that she's a vegetarian and I'm not, because that builds in a bias. If I order meat, she cannot share it. It's not that I don't want to share it. The decision she's made prevents her from having any. It's like having a force field around it. This is on you. But I can eat veg stuff. Now, I'm a meat reducer. I don't <sighs> tend to eat that much meat. Um, but if I'm having a takeaway, that's when I'm, or if I'm having dinner out, that's when I'll have the, the meat option. Also, she just eats less than me because she's not mad. We'll tend to share like nan and rice or those sorts of things. What I will tend to do is over-order. Mm. Okay. So what I always do whenever I'm sharing with anyone is I'll order a couple of effectively dummy sides that I'm not that bothered about <laughs> that they can fuss around with. They think they're getting something out of me then. I mean, I, I probably haven't paid for it. So. so give me an example. What what would be a dummy side that you'd, you'd stick in there? <laughs> oh, something like chips is just like a classic thing. You know, like, I would just order okay. some chips. You know, like, fill yourself up on that. And keep your mitts away from the main <laughs> event. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a total, it's a total distraction technique. That's genius. Do you know what it is? It, it's burning down the watchtower so that you can then seize the citadel. You're like, all their troops are going to go over there. You, think, you damn fools. You've, you've left the capital completely undefended. That's brilliant. Are there things that you do that Laura would find infuriating with your eating habits? I eat too fast, too loud, and then my tummy rumbles, I do burp, and at the other end, it, it, there are issues, particularly if I'm eating spicy food. The problem is as well is, once I've eaten... If we'll eat at the table, so we, we're in a flat where we've got um, so a main living room. So we've got a dining table at one end and a, and a city at the other. If we're having dinner of an evening, and I'll predominantly do the cooking, 
I'll eat quicker than her. And then I'm like, <laughs> dinner's done. And she's deleting. I'm like, oh. she's like, you want to go and sit over there, don't you? I'm like, well, I'm so full. Yeah, but I'm sat on a bench. You know, it's one of those, we've got one of those distressed dining tables where she gets to sit on a seat, but I'm on the bench. You know, it feels like I'm waiting for like PE at school. You go and sit in the corner, do you? After like some kind of like medieval king while she finishes her, her meal. Man. <laughs> I am so physically exhausted after food that like I can't think or speak. So I just sort of lie there on my side and we'll be watching like a box set and I'll just occasionally go. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a hot drink after food, there's just like lots of <laughs> and like <laughs> and you can hear like all my gizzards bubbling away. There's a particular angle I sit at. You know, if I sort of lean at a 45 degree, I don't know what it is about 45 degrees being this. But if I was to set up, it wouldn't be as bad. But there's something about lying on your side after food. I mean, this is the thing to avoid as well. And I've made this mistake so many times is have spicy food and then ice cream. And that, you know, in, on YouTube videos, where they put Mentos into a bottle of Diet Coke. <laughs> if you put ice cream into your belly after curry, it, that it turns into <laughs> like total internal combustion. Wow. It's chaos. I want to talk about this. Okay, so the ice cream that you're having immediately after the curry is that always part of the plan or it's not part of the plan? Not always part of the plan. And then do you go into the freezer straight after you finish? So you, you, you finished your meal. You yeah. want to go and sit down. Laura doesn't want you to sit down, but you decided yeah. to go sit down because you can't do anything else. Yeah. On the way to sitting down, <laughs> are you going to the freezer, grabbing the ice cream and then sitting down, eating the ice cream after you've had your curry on, on the sofa? If we've got ice cream in, 100% yes. And I wouldn't ordinarily buy ice cream, but if I, because it, it comes with Pizza Hut or Domino's and stuff like that, I'll often okay, add yeah. ice cream. So when you get, end up with Ben and Jerry's, I would never buy it in the supermarket. When I'm sober, and I'm in a, it makes it sound like I've got a problem, but what I mean is when I'm drunk, I'll just eat anything. But if I'm just shopping during the day, I would never even look at the freezer aisle. My internal monologue would go, you fat bastard, stay away from it. And that would work. <laughs> but when I'm drunk, I'm like, well, this is party time. This is. Uh, <laughs> Ice cream, pizza, sides, the lot, right? So then what happens is, is I, I, I have to have a sweet if I've got it. Oh, man. At the end of a night out, get like a pizza or a kebab or whatever. But I crave chocolate after alcohol, like a need, like like a like a man in the desert. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I need it, I need it. And I become fixated on having like a big dairy milk with Oreos in it. What will happen sometimes is I'll wake up. I remember the other day, um, I, I was on the toilet and I thought, Oh my god, there's a moth on my back. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I and I got hold of this thing and it was the wrapper from a twirl. And I'd, I'd eaten it, I'd eaten it in bed, fallen asleep, and then I slept on the wrapper. And then as I'd gone to the loo, it started to just like peel off my back. I was like, oh that felt like um that was the chocolate equivalent of you know when people have an intervention because they're Yes. With alcohol or whatever. It felt like I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this <laughs> chocolate at night thing's gone my, getting way out. Finding wrappers stuck to your body. That's yeah. the point to her. <laughs> so, so at university, you thought you ate badly, but you, you, you eat much better now. So takeaways are more of a treat for you now. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What about when you're gigging? Like if you're doing a tour show, what, what are you eating before you go on stage in front of however many people? Are, are, are you sensible? Do you not eat? What's your, what's your vibe? I tend to be very sensible. What I find with... One of the ways that I managed to get my weight down is if I'm working late, I just won't eat after like my midday meal. Because what I find with, with gigging is, I remember having a curry yeah. before a gig once, then going on, you're like, this is terrible. I feel like I'm going to vomit. 
And I'm like, yeah. I can't think because I'm like half nodding off. So like, it just robs you of any like movement or cognitive function and you feel really sick. And then afterwards, I'm like, well, it's basically bedtime now anyway. So why would I eat? So I'm actually quite good. Late night work, I just won't eat on the whole. Occasionally. I remember once in York, treat myself to a KFC and just sitting there in the Premier Inn having, it was the saltiest KFC I've ever had. And the only liquid I had was the gravy. And it was like, oh, damn it. My mouth needs liquid, but that's salty as well. It was, it was like trying to drink seawater. How were you drinking the gravy? And you were taking the gravy and drinking it like a drink. I have given it a sip. A sip is enough. But I've been intrigued enough to do that. But did you, you finished the whole cup. Yeah, it was, it, but it was the only moisture I could get. My, and then obviously I realised I've got taps in the toilet and I could be Premier in taps. I didn't want to like, I don't know. It was only afterwards that sort of dawned on me, but I was like, ah, I should have ordered a Coke Zero or something. <laughs> so, well, you mentioned KFC there. And this is something we always talk about yeah. with our guests. It's two in the morning. You're hammered. You're heading back from a night out, mm. okay? There's three places that people normally go to. Either KFC, McDonald's or Domino's, okay? Which are you going for? And what are you ordering from those places? Out of those three... I would say McDonald's, and I'd always go Big Mac. I think anything else, you always just think, I should have had the Big Mac. What was I playing at the Tastes of America menu? There's a reason why they only do this once a year. It's crap. <laughs> and it doesn't taste like America from what I can go. That's so true. Oh, it's so God. true. The Kentucky Chunker or something or, exactly, talk, or whatever. Yes. It's been oh. there for like two weeks and nobody buys it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's always underwhelming. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. So I would have... Big Mac. Big Mac. Anything with it? Fries with... Sweet chili and curry dip, and I would also have maybe like a cheeseburger on the side, and maybe if I'm drunk, I'm adding on a lot of sides that are going to give me heartburn. Oh, and a McFlurry to end on. In fact, so this is what I was going to say was I was going to add a fourth option, and I know there aren't many in the UK. There are two in Nottingham, Taco Bell, and I actually have found myself going to Nottingham more because they've got a Taco Bell, and I've got family there, and I'm more likely to go because they've got two Taco Bells, and it is brilliant. And I go on the Saver menu. And I'll just order random mad shit. And then I'll order some spicy fries. That is amazing. It's really good. I've never been to a Taco Bell. I, I, I'm going to close Great. my eyes and I want you to, to take me through the Taco Bell experience and let me sort of imagine I'm actually there. What, what am okay. I smelling and what are you ordering? Okay. So you go through the front door. You're presented with um, sort of modern decor, in a, you know, but in a fast food style. I think faux distress tables with maybe a touch of varnish. There are USB charging points and um, a sort of metal rail you know faux industrial kind of look maybe slate finish behind you can see to your left a drink service station you serve yourself to your drinks once they give you a cup refillable drinks i think so either way why wouldn't you do you know what i mean yeah of course <laughs> so in practice yes um and then um sometimes those little trays with hot sauce or whatever the smell, I would say, is classic fast food joint. The, mm. Mainly a smell of chip fat, but with there are those Mexican notes in there. You can smell a bit of spice, but it's that very synthetic American smell. The important thing to say is it's not high quality food. It is a basically a McDonald's version of Mexican food. Yes. So it's not the best burrito you're going to have. But if McDonald's did burritos, this is what it's like. And and I just it's great. And you can get like little tacos for ninety nine p with. I mean. Some of them are rubbish, but you just like, this is having the choice of these different spicy flavors for someone who likes spice is such a treat because McDonald's, KFC, Burger King, you're not getting proper spice at those places, but with Taco Bell, it allows you to feel like you've had something a bit more exotic. And if they're not using the slogan, if McDonald's did burritos, 
then they are missing out. Because to me, my mindset is that's such a great slogan. McDonald's is popular for a reason. Everyone seems to live this lie that McDonald's is rubbish. People always go, oh, we'll never have a McDonald's. I'll never, ever have McDonald's. It's the most successful fast food chain in the world. You obviously right. are having McDonald's. Everyone yeah. does. Spicy crisps as well. Giant Watts, it's flaming hot, and Doritos chili heat wave are just great. Good to have around the house. If you had the ch- the Cheetos, the hot Cheetos, fantastic, which are unbelievably oh, good. Yeah, very good, oh, flaming yeah. hot or something like that. Yeah. And talk about hot food. I'm now going to have very a good. bite of your of this chicken you've ordered. What was this chicken called again? So it's the Merg Michi. That cannot be hot now. Freezing <laughs> right cold. Three hours. <laughs> oh. That is lovely. Oh, there's a real kick to that. So you do like spice? Oh yeah, but I would say that was like sort of medium level. I am one of those dickheads who likes it really hot. Would you ever have a foul? I have had one. In fact, I had one in Brick Lane. I remember on the way in, not much issue at all, but I was going through a period where I was eating a lot of Vindaloo and I'd sort of gone there to like find the next level. I just get such a natural high. Do you know what? I can feel it. What got me into curry was the natural high that you get from chili is so, I don't know if everyone gets this, but I literally can point to you in my brain where I feel, I feel it's specifically here. And that part of my head under the bone tingles. Really? It's amazing, yeah. I get a real stimulation specifically, and I'm like, oh, it's like a form of high. In the way that sort of do people in ASMR, people do with different sounds will sort of, because I have that certain sounds will make certain parts of my head yeah, tingle. Absolutely. I definitely get that. So I, I know what you mean by that. So you get that with spice, do you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and specifically with curry. So I really get that. And then obviously the problem is with very, very hot food is it's later on that the issues come. And um, <laughs> I, I had to take painkillers. It was so bad. I remember actually catching my reflection, <laughs> catching my reflection the following day in my shaving mirror right. as I was dealing with the situation. And I remember and my peripheral vision catching my expression. And it was like this. I was, it was like I was, you know those old paintings? It was like Dante's Inferno or something. I looked like I was burning in the pits of hell. But my face was so contorted. You know when you see gargoyles with those sorts of expressions, you think, no one ever pulls a face like that. It was like this. Like fear. It was fear is what I saw, actually. It wasn't pain. It was fear. I remember thinking, I can't. I mean, this is just, this must be doing so much damage. Too much. Yeah. Do either of you have this when when you have spicy food? I always go deaf in my right ear. Every time in my right ear, if I have spicy food, so if you're sat next to me having a meal and I have spicy food, I won't be able to hear you after the main course. For the the duration of the meal? For at least 40 minutes to an hour afterwards, I will go completely deaf in my right ear if I have spicy, if it's really spicy food. I think it's to do with like the tubes and all this sort of thing, inflammation and all this sort of stuff, but completely, it goes completely. So if like you're sat next to me, I would, I will not be able to hear you. If, if I had something spicy, the final 40 minutes of meal, you could be saying anything. I would never eat it, Tom. Would you not? But it does always return. But what if the deafness never wears off? Yeah, what if it doesn't return? But it always has. It always has. So it's fine. You're getting older now. Your pipes are wearing down. When did you first notice this? It's happened for many, many years. Many years. Yeah, yeah. And it's always returned. And also, what a feeling when it does return as well. But what if you go blind next time? What if, what if, what if? (laughs) But, you know, spicy food's there to be enjoyed. I'm going to risk it. Now, Matt, one thing we always ask our guests about are takeaway disasters or meal disasters. Are, are there any disasters you've had? Have you ever been out for a meal or had a takeaway? Something's gone awfully wrong that sticks in the mind. The worst takeaway I ever had, I actually cried. <laughs> I was... Um, <laughs> I what? What do you mean you cried? <laughs> you cried? Did you cry before eating it? Simran, would you, would, you, would you like to guess why Matt cried? Let's 
see if we can get this right. Why, why do you think Matt cried for his takeaway? You, you, you go for it, Sim. Great question. You might have cried because it was so hot. Okay. It was so hot, you immediately started weeping. Okay. I'm going with the fact that something crucial was missing. You were drunk, already emotional, and something crucial was missing. Possibly some kind of dip. Okay. And I'm saying that because that's the sort of thing that would make me cry. And they were late. So hit us. What's the reason for your tears? You're you're both wrong, and it is sadder than that. So um, it it was around 2010, I think, 2011. (laughs) I'd ordered it during the day on a very hot day. And basically what happened was I'd ended up skin and I think it was like three days till payday or something. And I was down to my last tenner and I was like, you know what? I can get through the next couple of days. I've got enough food in the fridge. Treat myself to Chinese. Like an idiot, I broke one of my golden rules, which is never, ever order curry from a Chinese. It's just always bad. It's always, always bad. Now, I'm sure there are very good establishments out there that that will disprove that. But I would say, on the whole, a Chinese curry just isn't curry. I was fat, very fat at the time. I sat in this place. I can still see the beach shorts. They're like oversized Hawaiian shorts. I was waddling around. The thing comes. I'm like, I've blown my last tenner is. The next three days are going to be a bit. I'm going to have to walk into work miles. But who cares, right? That curry was so bad. The first mouthful was appalling. It was just like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. And I was just like, because what I'd done in that moment, just like it was such a reckless decision to yeah. blow money like that. When actually a tenner, I could have got a few loaves of bread and a few tins of beans in the next few days. I mean, only three days, you know. I was like, you idiot. You're, and it just went to the core of like a level of, not self-love, but just, oh, you fucking idiot. Look what you've done. Yeah. And it was a really hot day. It was like the middle of summer. I sat there topless in the afternoon. <laughs> oh you know, and then I'm trying to, you know, in this terrible scenario, trying to either eat it or not eat it. From memory, I, I think I ate about half of it and then just threw the rest away and was just, just appalled at myself. You yeah. fool. You fool. And, and it just broke down in tears. But, um, you know, it was brief. You know, after a little cry, you tend to feel better. I mean, I don't cry that often, but... I felt better after that. It's sort of heartbreaking those moments where you go, well, it's not even I can't believe I've done that. It's it's more, of course I've done that. And yeah. that's what is one of the mistakes <laughs> I make that make me feel most sad. They're not even, it's not a, sen- a sense of surprise. It's just like inevitability about how much of a loser I am. Exactly. <laughs> like, of course I've done that again because I'm me. <laughs> and you knew you were making the wrong decision. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. You knew you were making the wrong decision and you did it anyway. It's just utterly reckless. That's completely it. Absolutely. But it was, I don't I don't gamble, but it was like gambler's logic. It was like, let's just roll the dice, baby. And how good could it ever have been? Can I ask a question about your crying? Yeah. When you cried, yeah. were you standing up, looking at the food and crying? Did you sit down and have a cry? Or did you leave the premises altogether, leave the kitchen, and the food was in another room? And were you crying, say, at the foot of the bed? I was sat on the city. <laughs> With my big belly out, so I was topless in beach shorts during a heat wave, sat on a settee, and the the food was on a um, you know, like a footstool type thing, a puffy, yeah. and I was over the food, crying onto and certainly into it. I felt so pathetic at that moment. I felt like a, such an idiot in every way that, that that it struck me so damn hard, and it was so hot. I was just uncomfortable with everything. I was fat. I was hot. The food was bad. I had no money left. But, you know, three days later, I got paid and forgot about it. Can I just refer <laughs> us back to the beginning of this episode 
when you were criticising for me for sitting cross-legged on the floor perfectly happily in front of the telly. Uh, and you're now crying into your crap curry in whole iron shorts. <laughs> uh, do you think you maybe weren't in a place to judge, Matt? Maybe, but that was me at, my, that was me at rock bottom. Yeah. You're behaving like you're what? at rock bottom <laughs> every, every night day. for no good reason. Yeah, <laughs> That's me at my happiest. <laughs> so closing questions before we go. We always ask people about gripes or complaints or things that annoy you about takeaway food. Is there is there anything you want to get off your chest? Anything that sort of frustrates you about takeaway food that you think they could better? Chicken chow mein is something that really varies from outlet to outlet. Do thick noodles with nice chicken and bean sprouts, maybe the odd bit of spring onion in there, basically for colour, but just fry it off nicely. It doesn't need to be too oily, and it certainly doesn't need to be wet and bad noodles and, and loads of veg in there, just like this horrible thick grey gravy in it. <laughs> the image of Matt is storming into this kitchen in Chinese restaurant just barking exactly how he wants it done well he's willing to stick his head around the door and say oh look whole spices so it just makes yeah but I'm less likely to complain I'm a, I'm a pussy okay, if enough. they said oh how was it I'd have gone oh, yeah it was lovely thank you oily curries as well you know when you take the top off a curry it, it, particularly if you're somewhere that you don't know and like if you are on tour and you order one you just think I'm going to treat myself and then it's swimming in oil you think oh mate how hard is it? It's easier to do this stuff right. I'm sure it is. And then um, what else? Like badly communicated stuff, I think, is is bad. Like pizzas that include mushrooms that didn't mention it. Oh, yeah. I don't like <laughs> mushrooms anyway. I think there are, there's not a single redeeming. I don't like the smell, <laughs> the flavour, the texture of mushrooms in any form ever. There's not a single box that it would tick. I don't go, oh, I like the smell, but I don't like the taste. It, I, I hate them. When they end up on a pizza, you can't just pick them off because that stench and that flavour yeah. seeped into the cheese and it ruined, ruined. And the box stinks of the damn thing. <laughs> so I mean, I've had pizza before. They've had, I didn't ask order mushrooms. Oh, you ordered the you know the, the dumb namings of things. That's what I'm putting into actually. I'm I'm no more likely to order a pepperoni passion than I am just a pepperoni pizza. I don't need to feel that the pizza has passion in order for me to emotionally engage with it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and it's all that sort of like garden party. There's one called a garden party. That was... I don't think like mates are going to come round with it and like, oh, maybe this one comes with like a four pack of Stella because it's a garden party. Maybe music play. <laughs> Which means there's mushrooms on it. Just say it's a mushroom pizza. The naming I find annoying is the really vague descriptions of things which don't tell you anything about flavour. Often yeah. in Chinese food, or say something like with chef special sauce, oh. which tells you nothing. Exactly. I mean, you're not giving me no direction as to what yeah. that flavour might be. <laughs> Just something. Say chef's tomato sauce or something. Exactly. Say it smells a bit fishy, actually, but you like the taste. Or something. <laughs> Give me some sort of steer. I mean, that's another thing. There was a, there was a Chinese restaurant that I used to order from in Nottingham, and I remember ordering a couple of dishes that smelled of piss. I mean, it's the same with liver. You know, liver. someone just tickled you near them. <laughs> got a slight ammonia smell to it, and I'm yeah. sure they didn't piss in it. But it, what are you using? You don't realise that that smells bad. So yes, too much oil. I think is a bad thing. Silly names, mushrooms, fake deals. When you get the leaflet through the door, and it's like, oh, we've got this deal where it's like one of these, two of these, and that for like however much, and then you look at the menu, add it up, and it's the same price anyway. So it's that illusion of a deal. Oh, don't forget to use the voucher. You're like, what? You took, you come all this way, and if I don't give you the voucher, you're not going to let me have the pizza. I paid your money. <laughs> like really crap pizza places, as in not like Domino's, that sort of stuff, or anywhere classy, 
but the really crap ones do yeah. mad deals, which I think who is ordering that? It'll be like family special fun deal, and it'll be like seven pizzas and fifty-two chicken wings <laughs> and all this. It's like for eighty quid. Who is? What is the situation where people are ordering 85, that? Eighty-five fries. <laughs> Fucking Last Supper. What's going on? <laughs> Not the feeding He's of the five thousand. It's like a sort of mixture of biblical meals. <laughs> well, Matt. That was an absolute joy. I, I, I'm going to finish by trying a little bit of your... This food is really great. Portions are a bit on the small side. It is pricey, but it is worth it. for The, the quality is assured, and it's a very posh one. But uh, this has been a real pleasure. I'm a fan of the podcast, and it's, it's an honour to be on it. Well, thank you so much for coming on it, Matt. And we can now just offer this just pop downstairs to see you. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should we meet in, the, meet in the kitchen for a group hug? Yeah. <laughs> Should we tickle him, Sim? 100%. Have you, you get the newspaper. Have you got the papers? Yeah. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The fantastic Matt Ford there. What a brilliant chat. As we say, very honest. A lot of sort of, you know, stuff you think most people keep to themselves, he's putting it all on the table, and I, I admire that. Um, one thing that he's putting on the table, check that out for a link, Sim, is a dummy side. Yeah, I know. Uh, I love that idea of a dummy side. So just to reiterate, he will order extra dishes if he's getting a meal with his girlfriend that he hopes she'll sort of nibble at, but not actually then attack the things he really doesn't want her to eat. Thoughts on that? Would you ever do that, Sim? I don't think I've ever done that, because I think I'll just eat everything that's in front of me. Okay. Indiscriminately and <laughs> and without prejudice. That's the spirit. With a tent set up in your front room, yeah. so your girlfriend can't get near the food. <laughs> it's, it, it's whatever's right in front of me. So if it's just bowls and bowls of rice, then that's what's going in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you quite bad? Are you bad at stopping when you should stop, mate? Of course, I'm bad at stopping when I should stop. I know there's you know there's a moment when you're drinking too much, and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to really feel this the next day. I have the same thing with food where I know for a fact I am full. My belly yes. is distended. I am full. <laughs> There's no way if I close my eyes, I'm not full. And then I'll still just pound it back. Yeah. And then as I lie down in bed that evening, I'm like, oh, fucking Christ. I've done it, it again. I've done, I've it, done again. it again. <laughs> I've done it again. I sometimes, I have, sometimes, sometimes I have to get up. I have to get up and walk around. <laughs> I have that thing. Do you have that thing where you've been, you catch yourself, you're eating so quickly and you catch yourself midway through and you're thinking, why am I hitting this at such pace? I'm not even experiencing any of the flavours. I'm just rattling through this like it's some kind of food challenge. I'm trying to win money on a game show. It's mad. 
Um, well, I admire your honesty then, Sim. That's just like Matt Ford, you're putting it all the table. We had a tweet in uh, that I want to read out, Sim, which I loved uh, from a guy called Peter Taylor. Oh, yeah. From Peter Taylor, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, who's been listening in Australia. He's um, sent us a uh, message on Twitter, which is at my favourite takeaway podcast. And he said, now, I should just explain, this is to do with Simon Rimmer's episode last week where he talked about how he'd leave the pizza out overnight and still eat it the next day, which absolutely freaked me out to my core. But Peter Taylor has messaged us to say, I used to work with a girl in Brisbane, Australia, that as soon as the pizza arrived, it went straight in the fridge <laughs> and she would then eat it about two hours later or in the next morning. Absolute weirdo. <laughs> now, is this, is, this, is, this, is this mad? Is it that Australia is so hot <laughs> that every food you get, you have to cool it for two hours in the fridge beforehand? <laughs> so it's bringing your temperature down. You cook a roast, it all goes in the fridge for a couple of hours, you get it out and then it sort of, you know, it does its trick. <laughs> That's amazing. What are your thoughts so on cold funny. pizza? Oh, well, as you know, I'm a big fan of cold pizza, but I yeah. don't I don't reheat pizza. That's not for me. I just have it straight cold. But what about this sort of this cooling effect? This this effect of actually getting a hot pizza and then actively cooling it? I think what I would probably do is I would put it in the freezer yep. for half the time. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Clever. That is clever, isn't it? That is actually genuinely quite clever. A bit of chemistry there for you, isn't it? <laughs> the other option is you ring Domino's about half five. You go, can you cook me a pizza? But can you not deliver it for four hours? Can you just leave it on the side? <laughs> then you'd have to do with any of the admin. They'll just put a post-it note on it saying that weirdo's called again, deliver at half eight. Um, well, if you have any more messages uh, like Peter's, any thoughts on takeaway food, uh, any weird things you do or any comments on anything that's come up in any of the episodes, you can message us on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com or you can follow us on Instagram at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast and we want to hear anything you want to get off your chest. Sim, a pleasure as always. Can't wait to be back next week. Next week, who do we have? So we've got loads of great guests coming up, including Matt Lucas and Ken Hom. But next week, we're joined by actors and married couple Jonathan Cake and Emmy Award winning Julianne Nicholson from Mayor of Easttown. Very much looking forward to that. And is there a better booking we could possibly have for a food show than someone called Jonathan Cake? I think that is <laughs> the ideal. <laughs> if we can get Sally Kebab, yeah. then that would be we, we, more takeaway based. Then that, that will be the dream. But for now, we'll take Jonathan Cake. Uh, Sim, I can't wait to be back next week. I'll see you in seven days' time. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.